This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Today, we have Mr. Ryan Keating, a top five finalist on the Protégé with his coaches, Ryan Hanley and Ricky Hader. Hanley's Haters is the team. What's going on, Ryan? Which one? No. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> so uh, everything's going on always. I was going to say... Uh, we should rename the team to the three best friends that anyone could have. <laughs> Isn't that from the hangover? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can have the hangover theme song playing anytime you guys are like together and I should do that, man. I should tell Rocky to edit that into some of the, some of the episodes with Alan singing that and you guys just sort of swirling around the screen. That'd be fantastic. <clears throat> so I am very appreciative of my, uh, my two good friends here, Mr. Mr. Hanley and Hader for their help. Well, I'll tell you what, man, you you know who I appreciate? I appreciate Scott Howell. You know why? Because for whatever the reason, he sent me a selfie-style video this morning of him recreating the Phil Collins performance from (laughs) Live Aid in 1985 of uh, Against All Odds, the the theme from Against All Odds, Take a Look at Me Now. Yeah, that's beautiful. I don't know if he realizes how much evidence I save up every time he sends me something like that, but... He does. He wants it out there. That's the problem. (laughs) So was he hoping you would share that on his behalf? I don't know. Yeah, maybe he was. Who knows? There's no way he puts that much thought into it. Yeah, well, he he nailed it. He he had the – yeah, he nailed it. So listen, I'm, I'm having everybody on that's in the top five for a few reasons. Number one, to sort of showcase you guys um, so people can get to know more about you, but also just to talk through the experience and kind of how this has um, helped you and what you caught, caught by surprise with and what was challenging, what you really liked the most about it and all of that. So the first question that I've been asking everybody who comes on is, what was your initial reaction when you saw that we were going to have a reality show for insurance production? So when you first put out the teaser of the get ready for something big or that it was actually taking in the video. So I guess probably you, you went, what you were doing something and then you opened video submissions. Yeah. Or you teased it. So I don't know. I thought it was cool. And, uh, 
the opportunity. <laughs> I don't know. You know, another, another day you at the office. Sounds like you're reading like a hostage video. Ryan. Are, you, are, are you excited or not? Is the, is the Taliban in your office, Ryan? <laughs> no, nah, just a uh, dog. My coach has treated me really good, and I'm happy to be here. Well, well, I didn't know. I mean, so we're going back. You're making me think a little bit because this started in October. Yeah, I'm just um, interested in what your initial reaction was. What led you to decide to throw your hat in the ring? Why not? Because um, I can. Um, and I knew it was something that I would be able to put a good video to to get into on. And, and then going through this process has kind of been areas that I've been needing to go to. I know I think you've seen some of the stuff that I've put together of... Dude, your work, fro- your work product's been fantastic. Like, some of the analysis that you've done and the level of detail you went into in your research, like... It's almost like you had an intern like Kramer and uh, just paid somebody to go and do all of that for you and come back and you just presented it. I mean, it was, I don't know how you had time to put all that together. I mean, with your social life and hanging out with the dog and everything. Saturday morning. Yeah, no, I mean, and I'm being dead serious, obviously um, was sarcastic about the other, but you know, seriously, man, your work product's been impressive from the beginning. And, you know, I, I have to tell you, um, out of everybody, you not not that everybody didn't take this seriously, but you took it to a different level, I would say, just in terms of the depth that you went into. So, you know, um, I started this thing out with a pretty robust challenge first. Um, with a lot of pieces and parts to it that required a lot of work and effort. That wasn't an accident that I did that. I did it because it's the foundation that has to be built first. But I also wanted the challenges to be uh, requiring less of your time on the challenge and more of your time in execution as you went on. And I also felt like that if I put a difficult challenge out first that required effort, I was going to weed people out that weren't going to be able to put that effort in on a consistent basis going forward. Because truthfully, that's what you have to do to be successful in the middle market is sustain that. And, you know, I proved myself right. We lost a couple people right out of the box because I think they felt like this is what the first challenge looked like. What the heck's it going to look like three weeks from now? When in my mind, I think three weeks from then, it, it got a whole lot easier for everybody. So, you know, I, what? I, uh, I agree. I think think that first challenge pretty much set up everything else. Both uh, Ryan and Ricky know I definitely was at a bit of a loss when it came to, uh, I think really like the value proposition side of things was probably my hardest piece to put together. Why do you think that is? Uh, Because I went to the idea of like the Connecticut risk idea versus really diving down into segments so i in my mind circumvented i have to start here and then put those pieces in place um because it kind of switched from the three target industries to then in the branding i kind of i don't know i was going to bring up actually the whole challenge sheet i put together but it worked well um and then getting COVID obviously wasn't fun in the middle <laughs> of it or <laughs> Um, but timing worked out well for that with the, the holiday break slash extension. Um, so I've always what is things this COVID out that you speak of. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's called the Cinco de Mayo coronavirus. 
so here's here's my question. I got a question for the coaches. Why Keating? So like you guys, you guys I, picked Keating pretty high up because I, I didn't go Keating, first. No, I I know for me, I, I'm not gonna. I, for, so I picked Keating first because in the very beginning, early, and I don't remember what the posts were, but he was posting and people he was getting a big following about it. And at the time, because again, this evolved as it went on, and at the time that following we thought was an asset. And then there was a little bit of shit talk back and forth that I think Gurley was saying, like he wanted to take him. So that, at least for me, said, okay, no, Gurley's not going to get him. I'm, we're going to take Keating. Yeah, and- he was Keating, Keating was high on our draft board. And I think something that stood out for me, and, and actually, David, you've, you've talked about this both on the podcast and in just the Protege forum, is some people, this was such an obvious leverage point in my mind for for people not just in the protege but in the broader sense both in their community both in the insurance industry and there were people like Keating who took it and were creating all these posts and sharing any kind of content they got out of it and really turning it into a movement and what that showed me and and Ricky when we talked about who we were going to draft was here's someone who's going to be invested Right, which was really what we were looking for and was going to see the bigger picture of what the protege really was. Yes, a great learning opportunity, great networking opportunity, but also an opportunity to expand your brand and grow. And it felt, I think, to both of us right right from the beginning that Ryan saw that opportunity and was taking hold of it. So it seemed like a natural choice for us. And and I and one more thing that I really want to highlight is I was in love. His his video, the 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 tryout video. Yeah, was my favorite. the The creative spin that he put on that of trying of prospecting for dates, <laughs> I thought was kind of that fun creative spin that you also kind of have to have yeah. for what we're doing here. Well, here's here's what I liked about it. I felt like that was more like an authentic somebody who normally wouldn't do something like that, putting themselves in a position to get themselves out there, stretch their comfort zone a little bit. It wasn't like Brady's video. I mean, everybody knows Brady's video because Brady threw the ax against the tree and, and talked about some things, you know, you know, made some statements. You know, I'm not here to participate. I'm here to dominate. What Brady didn't know when he said that was that production was going to end up coming into play at some point. And so, you know, for me, it wasn't necessarily about who had the prettiest video. It was who had the best thought process. And I agree with you guys wholeheartedly. I mean, that first post that Ryan put up had like 12,000 views on LinkedIn. I'm like, good grief, Keating. Are you like paying people to go and and look at this and it just caught traction and i mean i know that i've you know ryan's not somebody that's a stranger to me um you know i've known ryan for a couple years now so i've followed him and i do see the things that he's doing in social and that really just validated for me what he what he does like i know for a fact that if i were to go to west hartford connecticut and just like walk down the street and ask people if they know ryan keating there's a high likelihood that's going to happen because the dude's at a networking event like every day, every night, just constantly getting out there. And that's what I wanted. I wanted that because I wanted to gain exposure to the show because my whole thing was this. 
I wanted to create this to help the people who were willing to invest in it. I wanted the people that participated to take away, take something away from the protege that would impact the rest of their career, period. Whether that be a lesson that they learned or actually building work product that they could use in the real world and subsequently go out and produce accounts that are going to bring revenue in that they may or may not have gone after otherwise. But the other part to me that's critical in all of this is being able to get this in front of other people that can benefit from it. And I honestly believe based off of how we've structured everything and put this together Together, that if people actually, if people watch, which I think they will, we're going to get them hooked. Like the first two episodes are enough to get them hooked. And then once we get into the challenges, if people pay attention to that and they replicate some of what we talk about and the lessons that are taught and everything, you know, there's a lot of producers out there that are going to level up their game real quick. <clears throat> well, and even outside of the insurance industry, um, I know I was telling people at lunch the other day that June 6th or June 1st, it's launching a you know insurance reality show. One of the guys goes, "How boring is it going to be?" And I'm like, "You have no idea." Um, <clears throat> so I'm excited because that vision you had too. And um, I'm curious, what made you change from the elimination? Because so we kinda... do have a, we do have elimination, or well, the weekly. The... Yeah, we do. We have the elimination weekly up to the top five. Okay, so, so you, when the, you when the show, you, you, yeah, you've not seen that because obviously the show's not out yet. But we are and you eliminating. Didn't get kicked off the island. That's why too. What's that? He also didn't get voted off the island. Right. Yeah. So he yeah. That's the thing. So <laughs> yeah, you're in the top five. So you wouldn't have known how the rest of that went down. But I mean, um, it is an elimination, and, and truthfully with no disrespect whatsoever to any of the people who were eliminated, it was a relatively easy decision for me. And I, I, I can tell you it was a hundred. I would tell you that everybody's work product for the most part was pretty consistent and, and good. It was better than average and definitely will play in the real world. But the people who didn't make it into the top five, the, the difference was the gap in their social presence, period. And I, I look at that and how they brand themselves and how they get themselves out there and what they've done to promote their role in the show. Because what I knew all along and what I wanted people to under to, to come up with was, hey, at the end of the day, this is going to be a popularity contest at the end. It's going to be who did the audience fall in love with, who was the most active on social, brought the most people in so that they could get the most votes, right? So I only made the decision to get rid of the first half. Now you guys are out producing, and whoever produces over the next uh, couple of months, the top three are going to get to the point where they can get to the stage in San Antonio. But when that happens, it's back to being a popularity contest. And if you didn't realize that and build that brand from the very beginning, you were going to fail miserably. <clears throat> well, so that was the biggest the, uh, thing for me. That's part of my uh, the rotating facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. One, one of the things that I found most interesting and the difference between the people who were eliminated and those who stuck around and obviously I don't I haven't spoken too much with people that aren't on our team um, but there, there seemed to be people who understood that you had to solve a problem and there were people who were trying to answer the question the way David Carruthers would answer the question and the people who I think authentically took the lessons and tried to apply them in a way that worked for them, that solved the problem, are are the people that are still in. And the people who just said, "Well, what what does David want?" I mean, I would get I would get random, and, and Ricky, you're probably got these too. I would get these messages where people would just be like, "Well, what does David want on this one?" And I'm like, 
I'm not David Carruthers. Like I read the same yeah. thing that you read. Like, you know what I mean? Like I can help you answer the question in a way that I think works, understanding the process. But I mean, you you got to tailor it to you and what makes you tick using the methodology. And I feel like the the people who are still here are the ones that pick that up pretty early. Yeah, that's well, a good point, man. On top of that, I had. I, I also had experience of people just wanting the answers given to them. Like, and, 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 and it was kind of hard for, it was, it, and that made my job, I felt harder because I was trying to lead people to see that it has to be authentic, but kind of in the format that the killing commercial does it, but not give you the answer. And so it was really kind of, it was a, it was, I don't know. I, I think I, I also know of, of the people I know that didn't make it and why, which isn't all of them, but a few, cause they just wanted the answers handed over. Yeah. Well, let me yeah. put it to you this way. If you go in front of a middle market prospect, are you going to pick up the phone before you go in and call that prospect and say, Hey, can you tell me exactly how to tailor my proposal for you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not no, going to happen. Call, I'm going to call you and say, Hey Dave, help me out. What gap am I missing here? Yeah, and you know what? And you know me well enough to know that I typically just ask you enough questions that you end up answering those for yourself based on how I ask you the questions about that. I just got off of a call with Bradley Flowers about an account he's working on right now, and it was the exact same thing. He's like, what do you do here? What do you do here? I'm like, well, what would you do? Tell me why you would do it that way. You know, Because I don't think people learn. I mean, obviously people don't learn if you just hand them the answer. But I mean, I, I really feel like it was an open book test for the most part, you know, in terms of Look, the number one thing anybody should know, you know, let's think about this. What's the definition of protege? You're trying to replicate or, or, or be what someone else has become, not necessarily be that person, but achieve the things that they've achieved. And, you know, number one, how active am I on social? Like that should have been a lay down. Anybody who has, I mean, these people signed up because they uh, reacted to something on social. So the fact that they're not going out and doing those things, I mean, those are the behaviors I was looking for. What the actual work product looked like has to be customized. I don't know what the insurance marketplace in Shelbyville, Illinois looks like. Derek Hayden does. Your, your product needs to match Shelbyville, not me. Just like with Ryan, it needs to be what's going to play where you're at. And it's funny, man, because, uh, you know, Justin Sloan's got a lot of pressure on him because the very first thing he said was, well, I'm I'm going to go against what David said. And <laughs> I'm thinking, wow, okay. There's, th there's those New England testicles coming out right out of the box. That's not what it is, but yes. <laughs> it's not. Uh... Yeah, he uh, he stopped by the other day. He's a he's a character. He's a good guy, but he's trying to take me off my game. <laughs> I'm sure he was, man. He's he's probably in there. He's probably in there trying to take you out, get you hammered, so you miss your appointment the next morning. No, exactly. I think yeah, he shows up with a duffel bag, toothbrush. <laughs> I'm like I'm like yeah, you can sleep on the couch. No. <laughs> trying to find out how you premium finance those Corvus quotes that he's putting online. Yeah. I didn't even actually heard about Corvus till that. So here's but, here's my question: What's the biggest surprise that you experienced as you were going through this? Honestly, the uh, openness of all of you, the three of you guys, um, the readily available responses, and um, you know the support that you don't get a lot in different situations. And I think with the time, 
like you said it once or someone said it, you know, we're all doing our own business and stuff and it's all the coaches volunteered. And then David, you were saying you put yourself out there, like people can reach out to you. And anytime I did, you responded pretty readily. Um, and same with Ricky and Ryan. And I know Ryan's been going thousand miles an hour. Um, and I'm glad we got on video that uh, bourbon drinking late night. Yeah, most of my <laughs> most of my willingness to communicate is at 10 p.m. when I'm a few knob creeks deep. I'm I'm very open with uh, <laughs> with how the operation runs at that time. Well, you know, I think I think the thing is, man, you know, for you to say that tells me what I suspected all along, right? Some of the feedback that I got was that coaches weren't accessible or coaches weren't um, providing information or helping. And when I listened to you say you didn't have a problem with that, and I listened to the coaches talk about they do hear from people who all they wanted was the answers, well, that basically is what I had surmised on my own. You know, the people that are complaining about not getting enough help from the coaches are because coaches weren't doing their work for them. And, I mean, I don't have anybody that does my work for me in the real world. I don't know why that would be expected in something like this. And I mean, I'm not saying this to, to pump my, my own self up, but I mean, it's not like I'm not dangling a nice reward for anybody who gets in. I mean, it ain't cheap to get in killing commercial and, you know, I got to be careful who I let in because, you know, for me, it's a balancing act, right? The most important thing to me is protecting that online ecosystem that we've created in Killing Commercial. It's got to be the right person who comes in. And I mean, yeah. to that point, it's like I just said, you know, I, I was talking to Bradley before this. You know, there's a lot of people that I tell no, probably nine out of 10. And of those nine that don't get in, a lot of it has to do with geography. Um, but the other ones, I just tell them up front, this isn't going to make sense. I don't think that this is what you're looking for. You need to go talk to so-and-so. They're a better fit for what you're doing because we're not just in here to take a check and train you. We're building an actual community, and we're going to do actual business deals with each other in that community. And I'm not going to do that with people that are just there to serve themselves. It's got to be give and take both. And I mean, one thing that we didn't hit on that I probably should have, if I look back, you know, in hindsight, I probably should have had something around giving back or community involvement in the, in the process. And you know, I take complete, complete responsibility for missing out on that, but I want to rectify that and address it here in that that also has to be a big part of what any of us are doing. And I mean, you know, we're extremely active in the community here. I know that you are, Ryan. I know Justin is. Uh, but what about everybody else? Like, what are they doing there, too? And, I mean, there's just – there's only so much you can do <laughs> and get into a season. But I blew it and, and missed that one. And so that will definitely be incorporated in the next iteration of this. But, season um, two, man. Yeah, season two. Nick, Nick, Ayers was, <laughs> Nick, Nick Ayers was at my house this weekend and had dinner – uh, he brought his family over, and he asked me what season two was going to look like, and he proceeded to give me his opinion of what season two needed to look like, and it was it was interesting to hear. I would like to say, though, the thing with Killing Commercial that I find – I mean, the information is great, and I've used it tailored to the way that I want to run my agency, and it's been tremendous. I mean, it's been a – it's been it's been gasoline for me that – you know, and, I, and I've said it many times in my own podcast uh, how important it's been. But what is – what has been such a pleasant surprise about the Killing Commercial community and a lot of the people involved in the protege has been the lack of or the absence of selfishness. 
people I, I have found, and I don't know the other teams, but I know Ricky and I have spoken many times. I mean, I just think in general, the people who are part of killing are, are, are have been tremendous. I mean, anyone that I've needed insight from or had a question or whatever, um, it, it, it really is, a, 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 it is, it's fantastic that people have been as um, open to sharing and it really is a different community in that way. Well, and I don't even know about stopping there. Everybody in there roots for each other. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. like think about other groups, insurance groups you're in and your quote unquote friends. Oh, go get it, bud. Yeah. Whatever comments. But in killing commercial, there's a lot of people now that I don't really know as well. And if you put something that you're a win that you're going to go get or an account you're going after, it's like full support. It's a full it's it's nothing but positivity there's no like negative or bringing you down or jabs or that won't work it's oh go do it this way it's awesome and i i haven't experienced a group like that ever. and so i'd say part of the why i wanted to also get involved with this is the younger generation of where insurance is going it's um you know ioa is definitely a great place to see the sharing side of things and also i mean i think ryan what you were doing back when you were working um the big eye and stuff like that really elevate was one of the first conferences that exposed me to people being supportive but i also felt that was very clicky in ways that conference um so being able to be a voice for younger agents was one of them and you know we connecticut's small with a lot of insurance agencies i tell paradiso all the time when's he going to bor his clients to me um half joking but half <laughs> so, so half the clients yeah <laughs> he's half he's half joking yeah he's half joking yeah yeah no but, i i agree with you i think um i think th- that that is the legacy of the next generation of independent insurance agents has been and and is firmly established at this point is an openness that did not exist 10 years ago when i got into this business my first year was 2006. Yeah, 2006, 2007 to 2000 into 2007 was my first year. And the you did not share what you were doing. You if you went to conferences, you kept everything in your billfold. You, you know, you did not, you know, you were not trying to share. You didn't go see other agents. I mean, I I know people are oh no, it's not like that. It was. That was the general concern. And over the last 10 years, that has changed so much and I'm you know, anything that we can do to perpetuate the openness and the camaraderie and the support and the fact that Ricky's on the other side of the country. I mean, it's uh, the left side of the country. Half the time, I, I just act like it doesn't even exist and I'm a huge <laughs> supporter of him. So, you know, I think, you know, that that just wasn't even a possibility 10 years ago. And um, it's just a, it's a great thing. And I just any community that continues to support that is important to our space. I look at it, I look at it like this, man. Anybody who thinks this was a stupid idea or a crazy idea or is not going to follow the show, that's whose business is getting ready to get taken. I mean, <laughs> yes. I think I, I think yeah, but I think crazy idea. It's fair to say it's kind of a crazy idea. It's we're definitely all here a crazy we're idea. We're kind of crazy for doing this, and it's awesome. And those yeah. are the awesome, like the crazy ideas <laughs> in insurance. I think are the ones that are going to move it forward. Yeah, yeah but if you look at it, so here's the deal, man. If you let, Break that down for a second. 
the idea in and of itself was ballsy to try and pull off. It was crazy and creative to come up with. But at the end of the day, the information that is being taught through the, the challenges and everything else, quite frankly, is probably at the level of a CIC institute, for crying out loud. When you're teaching people business planning and all of the other things that go in, and you're doing that in a limited format, I mean, you can only get so much into each one of those challenges without it being absolutely ridiculous. But the people who went through and the people who watched, like I said, if they take it seriously, they're going to get a really good education. And it has all I am is the puppet master. I'm pulling the strings behind the scenes. You guys are the ones that delivered the work product. And it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, well, I'd say outside of, you know, CIC, it was a sales CIC in ways. There's no coverage or product stuff, but it's how do you build opportunities? You don't really need to understand coverage to sell insurance anyways. I mean, that's a big myth. You just just get them to sign on the line, right? Yeah. Let the underwriters handle the rest. Well, There's a certain I, amount of truth to that, actually. What is this coverage I mean, that you, you look, speak But of? if you look at the caliber of coaches and and contestants, just just being around and listening to anything with that group of, what is it, 16, 17 people? is valuable in itself. Agreed. Agreed. And I would say that we have our own vibe inside of the inside of the lounge too. I mean, that's become its own little own little deal. It'll be sad to have that end, truthfully, but you know, we'll figure it out. We may keep the lounge open and then have some flashbacks and bring people in that were characters of the past seasons or whatever every now and again just to uh, give them a, a guest appearance. Um Ryan, what's your biggest takeaway, man? As we, as we get ready to wrap this up, what, what's been your biggest takeaway from the um, show? Well, one thing, <clears throat> when you ask kind of one of the things that surprised me of the show before, I was thinking um, there's been an underwriter that reached out to me, and I'm not going to say who or what company, but I'm 99% sure it's through this. Um, and there's another company that we were appointed with that we're not anymore, and, and their executive territory manager also has reached out seeing what's been put out and it's like i'm following along but um like my prospect list i've been putting together i've been sharing them with this underwriter and they've been great to to go through he's kind of been you know i'm waiting on the list back right now that i sent him of stuff that he's looked at before like that's what would be a hot target for him to basically be like bring it in and he'll make it make it happen um and i would say that is definitely because of this and that's the guys um good luck so <laughs> be careful what you wish for yeah um but that that and then um i'm just looking forward to now making everything go live i'm trying to time that with just before the end of the month <clears throat> before the first episode comes out so that's exciting that's cool man. ricky biggest takeaway Biggest takeaway that I have is um, a newfound friendship with the East Coast guy. <laughs> yeah, I got a newfound <laughs> friendship with the East Coast guy. No, the biggest takeaway is is really um, how valuable it is to always remember to say yes to things like this and figure it out as it goes. Because I personally. I'm the kind of person that I need to go and study and learn everything before I'm comfortable to do some. And a lot of that is in my head and not necessary. And so I'm thankful to be a part of that, to experience and remind myself that, like you say, like you said at the beginning of this show. Well, the thing is, man, 
this wasn't it wasn't the easiest time for you to be involved in this. I mean, you acquired an agency for crying out loud. I mean, you're, yeah. you're juggling like 15 things at the same time. So, I mean, that's the understatement of the year, I, I would say. Hanley, what you pretty much gave your biggest takeaway, but I mean, is there anything else you want to add? Yeah, I um I, I guess I guess my takeaway from this and, and to answer this specific question would be um and I don't know how how to frame this properly but what would David want to hear thank God I've literally me. never had that thought ever in my life <laughs> if anything I think what's the opposite of what David wants to hear <laughs> um no I think I think we need to find more opportunities as an industry and in this platform or whatever I mean, just watching Ryan do his thing and the growth and just, you know, I know some of the stuff that you've had internally in your agency going on and you're working through different things and your position and how you fit and where you want to go. And you've, I think this forced you to make, to, to work on some, some different stuff. And, and, and I think you're in a really good place now. And I, it makes me very happy that you've put this together and we need to find more opportunities because it, it seems like there are people who are so willing to blossom given the right format to do so. So um, it's just been, it's been a, a very, um, it's been a pleasure, I guess, is probably the best way to put it, to be part of this and, and see that happen. And uh, and I, I'm very happy for Ryan because I know, you know, he's got some awesome things coming and a lot of it was the pressure of the protege forcing him to, to do those things. And I think it's awesome. I'm just well, super pumped. Also, you know, you've, I put my name on it, so I can't not... Yeah. Just let it fail. Well, I mean, I can tell you this, man. When people ask me about Killing Commercial and, and ask me what it's like to work with the different agents and all of that, my answer is the same every single time. My job is not to teach people how to sell. My job is not to teach them insurance coverage or whatever else. The number one thing that I do every single day is give people the opportunity to stretch themselves and be uncomfortable and then back them up to give them the self-belief they need to have to succeed on the street. And so by giving people that opportunity and showing them that, hey, look, you can do this. I believe in you, so you should believe in you. It is huge. It's a, it's a huge reward to me. And truthfully, I'm just so appreciative of everybody who was able to come together and give their time to do this because it also helped me believe in myself too. And the fact that I'm able to make these things happen, you know, nobody out there is perfect. You know, obviously, you know, Hanley and I have podcasts and, and people hear us talk or will speak and they'll hear us talk or whatever else, but it doesn't mean everything's perfect in our kitchen. I just don't talk about the crap that's not right. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. I tell people all the time, you don't ever hear me talk about agency operations on my podcast. There's a reason for that. I don't do it. I hate it. It's not anything that I want anything to do with. And so I just wanted to let you guys know, I really, truly appreciate your involvement and your willingness to buy into a crazy idea, run with it, and make it into something really, really special. And I'm excited for you to be able to see what the finished product looks like, because that's the pressure that I have on on me. It's not what everybody else thinks. It's I want to make sure that everybody who participated gets a return on that investment that pays dividends for years to come. And if I can pull that off and we, we don't have any viewers at all, I'll be perfectly fine with the fact that the people that participated got better as a result. So with that being said, I'm going to wrap this up. I appreciate you guys coming on. Ryan, you look like so, you got one more thing you want to throw in. Well, so I was going to say, so when this gets aired on, um, um, what's that like Hallmark channel? Do we get royalties? Yeah. 
Absolutely. Sweet. <laughs> Hallmark Channel. This needs to be. We need to go Netflix D- D- Discovery. or Amazon. So I will. This be I will Disney tell Plus. you. I, I will David Carruthers Channel will be right next to the National Geographic. It'll be Killing Commercial Channel on <laughs> Disney Plus. Well, here's the here's the God's honest truth. As of today, Cinco de Mayo 2021, the protege is not monetized in any way, shape, or form. It is 100% funded out of my pocket. So, um, you know, I hope we all get royalties because that would be great for me. But, you know, I again, I appreciate everybody being on, and it really does mean something to me. Um, and, and you guys are definitely, uh, you know, I don't, I don't allow myself to get close to a lot of people um, just because I've been burnt by those closest to me in the past. But it's refreshing to know that, I, you know, I, I have my own support structure that if I need it now, too. So thank you guys for that. Thank you, man. Yeah, I, I'm you the same way. I'm so I, this was great. And I can't wait for season two to build on now that we know how it feels and what to do. Ladies and gentlemen, he's Ryan Keating from West Hartford, Connecticut. Follow us on the Killing Commercial Insurance YouTube channel. He's going to need your vote when he makes the top three, and that is going to be streamed live from Jason Cass's brain share in San Antonio, Texas, on September 15th. Oh, wait. Everybody- so what? What is? what do you guys have as coaches on the line with the other coaches? We're the three best friends going to be in yeah. San Diego, right? Or not San, San, Antonio. San Antonio. If you're in San Diego, something didn't work out the way you wanted it to. <laughs> <laughs> but Keating can show you a good time in San Diego. I have, I, I'm living proof yeah. of that. I have I, been loose. I've been loose in the gas lamp district with Keating in San Diego in the past, and I don't know what happened to those few hours of my life. So to answer to answer that, I am. I guess I'd say a disappointment I have is there hasn't been enough kind of shit talk back and forth among coaches and teams. And I pushed real hard in the beginning for that, and I pushed real hard in the beginning for like a bet among the teams, and neither really came to fruition. So oh, I, I thought well, it Ricky, did. Well, yeah. Ricky, let's just not let the cat completely out of the bag. But I can assure you that that uh, smack talk can be handled in the editing process very easily. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thanks oh, so much for thanks, coming dude. on. Yeah, no doubt. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com. 